good morning, everybody. I'm so grateful that you're here. I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy and happy today. I've been hearing the stories. I know what's going on. I've been hearing that a whole lot of our families are enjoying these services in your pajamas while you're eating bagels. I'm wondering if you are enjoying this new normal way too much. But I am so glad that you are with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We need to be praying for our doctors and our nurses. They are the frontline soldiers in this battle, and they need our prayers. I want us to pray for our government officials, all the way from the president to your mayor, including the, the county uh, uh, leaders and the state leaders because they're doing their dead level best to keep us safe and to help us and we need to be thanking God for them every single day. It was our hope and prayer that we would be able to gather together on our property and our buildings on Easter Sunday weekend but it's not to be. And in fact it seems today that May is going to be the earliest time, and it seems like every day things change, so it is a moving target, and we're not quite sure in May, but we're praying that we'll be able to be back together in May. But while it's all happening, it is amazing what God is doing in ministry in our church. Absolutely amazing. The last two Sunday broadcasts, we have had an average of 8,500 people that have tuned in live with us. And then when the replay of the broadcast all week long is going on, there are thousands upon thousands of others that are listening. We are absolutely amazed at the grace of God. So we're asking you, would you fill out that connection card? It helps us to know who it is that, that is listening to us, who it is that is a part of this service. And we, in exchange, want to give you that free subscription that Don mentioned to Right Now Media. It will bless your life. Well, today is Palm Sunday. It is always the Sunday before Easter Sunday. So why do we call it Palm Sunday? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Don mentioned to you that we have been having the quiet time devotionals at 10 o'clock every day, Monday through Saturday. Different pastors of our church are leading those, and they are all online on our Facebook page. And we'd love for you to join us with that. And then on Friday, we are having our Good Friday service. It's going to be a broadcast. And for the English side, it is going to be at 7 o'clock. And on the Spanish side, it will be at 8 o'clock. Now, the English Good Friday service, we're going to have communion. So how do you prepare for communion? Well, you just get a little plate and you put some crackers on it, some uh, uh, any kind of cracker, or you put some bread on it, that's fine. And then you have little cups for everybody, and you pour grape juice in them, or any kind of juice, or water. Right now, at this time, it is not so much the form of the elements that actually matters, it is really more of what they represent, what Jesus did for us on the cross that we are celebrating on Friday night. In Jerusalem, on what we call Palm Sunday, there were between half a million to a million people that had gathered from all over the world. During the Passover week, Jews from all over the world would converge on Jerusalem. And just think about this. It would be like 
a million more people converging on Sugarland, Texas. And how in the world would we get around? How, where would we house everybody? How in the world would it be possible? Those were the same kinds of problems they had in Jerusalem at that Passover week. And it is within that context that this story happened in Matthew chapter 21 and beginning in verse 1. As the disciples and Jesus approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and they placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to set on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! And then Jesus entered Jerusalem. The whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now, I want you to focus in on that verse 10. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this Jesus? There are today about 8 billion people on the face of the earth. It's absolutely amazing. And over 2 billion of them are followers of Christ who believe in the resurrection of Jesus, who believe that he is the son of the living God. And with all of that influence and the internet and information everywhere, almost every human being on the face of the planet will someday say in their life, who is this Jesus? Well, I want to answer that today as we are together. And I want to use an acronym, POM. And kids... I need your help. I'm going to ask you to give the four letters of palm, but don't say it out yet. Don't, don't say anything. And I'm going to be asking you for the first letter of palm, but don't say what it is yet. Think about it for just a moment. P palm. What is the first letter of palm? Okay, say it out loud to your family. And if you said P, you are exactly right. And P stands for, and this is a fill in the blank, P stands for the promise of God. Jesus is the fulfilled promise of God. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 4 and 5, listen to how it reads. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet it's the prophet Zechariah in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, God gave this promise, this prophecy 
to Zechariah 500 years before it came to pass. 500 years. That is a long period of time. It is twice the length of the history of the United States as a country. 500 years. And can you imagine the people? One generation after another must have been saying, well, we keep hearing about this promise about the Messiah. God, what's taking you so long? God, why don't you fulfill it? Why don't you do this? Why don't you meet our need? God, why are you taking so long? Have you ever asked that question? You had a need and you went to God and you got a promise from God and, and God said, I'll meet your needs. And, and then you waited and you waited and you, you're saying, God, what's taking you so long? God, where is the answer to the promise? I've said that before and I don't know the answer of why it's taking God so long. But here's what I do know. I know that timing is far more important to God than I ever dreamed. That God has a perfect timing for everything. He knows what's over the hill. He knows what is around the bend. And he knows how to fulfill this need in your life in the very best way possible. And we don't. And I also know that he has not forsaken you. He has not abandoned you. And he will meet that need. There is a truth, and it's a fill-in-the-blank, and I want you to see it. A faith that can be trusted has to be tested. In hard times, God is testing our faith and making it stronger. So don't get angry with God. Don't get frustrated with God. Don't get impatient with God. God is going to come through in your life. Relax and trust Him. He has a perfect timing for you. There's another example of an Old Testament prophecy about the coming of the Messiah that demonstrates this whole idea that God keeps his promises precisely and perfectly. It's found in the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 9. And in fact, Daniel chapter 9 is one of the greatest prophecies in the entire Bible. It is a prophecy that I deeply love. This chapter I love. I've spent a lot of time in this chapter. What has happened is that Jerusalem has been wiped off the face of the map. It doesn't even exist anymore. It's all laid in ruins. And God comes to Daniel and says, I don't want you to be afraid, be worried, because I will allow Jerusalem to be rebuilt. Daniel chapter 9 prophesies that from the decree to rebuild Jerusalem, that happened in March 14, 445 B.C., with King Artaxerxes of Persia, it will be exactly 483 years until the Messiah comes, arrives in Jerusalem. Not only that, but Daniel chapter 9 then says that when the Messiah comes to Jerusalem, he will come with fanfare and a celebration. And then he will be killed. What? Then he will be killed. But it will not be the end of him. It will be the beginning of his rule and reign. There was a criminal investigator whose name is Sir Robert Anderson, and here's a picture of Sir Robert Anderson. And he lived in the latter part of the 1800s. He was the assistant commissioner of the London police and the head of the criminal investigation department of Scotland Yard, sort of like the FBI. And he was also a Bible scholar. And he studied Daniel chapter 9, and he traced Daniel chapter 9 all through history. And he came to a conclusion 
using the Jewish calendar, not our calendar. The Jewish calendar is very different. And since this was a promise to the Jewish people, he used the Jewish calendar, and he discovered that at the end of the 483rd year, that was the prophecy, 483 years, at the last day of the 483rd year was Palm Sunday when Jesus rode that donkey into Jerusalem. It is an amazing prophecy. And he demonstrates all of what he discovered, all of the research he had done, and the conclusions in his book called The Coming Prince by Robert Anderson. Did you know that you can find that online and purchase that book? Here is the point that I'm trying to make, and it's this. If the religious leaders would have paid attention to Daniel chapter 9's prophecy, they would have known that Jesus had to be the promised one of God. God accomplished that prophecy precisely and perfectly. He made a promise, and he delivered perfectly. And so, what's the point? And the point is simply this. Because Jesus is God's promise kept for us, you can count on God to fulfill the promises he has made to you may not come in your timetable, may not come in the way you wanted or you thought, but God will come through. P stands for promise. So kids, now I need your help again because I need to know what the second letter of palm is. Don't say it out loud yet. It's so hard. Palm. What is the second letter of palm? Think about it. Think about it. Okay, are you ready? Say it out loud to your family what you think that letter is. And if you said A, you are so smart. I'm amazed by you. If you said the letter A, you are a very smart guy and gal. That A actually stands for arrival. Jesus is the arrival of the long-awaited king. Jesus told his disciples, okay, I want you to go to the town ahead of us, and there you're going to find a mother donkey and a baby donkey, and I want you to untie both of them. And if somebody stops you and says, where are you going with my donkeys? You say to them, the master needs them, and he will let you take them. And that is exactly what happened. Now, this illustration doesn't measure up to what I just said, but it's an illustration. What if you at the Sugarland campus went next door to Classic Chevrolet, and you went to the general manager at Classic Chevrolet, and you said, I would like the keys to a new car, please. And he would say to you, why do you want the keys to a new car? And you say, my pastor has need of it. Now, look, if this happens, I prefer a black Corvette, please, a Stingray model, and if you wouldn't mind, this is a picture of a black Corvette so that when you're walking around, you'll know exactly what to look for. And the truth is, I would take any color of Corvette. Zechariah had prophesied that the one who would come would be a king, the king, the Messiah, the king of the Jews. And he would come on the back of a donkey coming through the gates of Jerusalem. Do you know why he did that? Why he said that? Because that's how every king was 
crowned as king in, of the Jews in Israel. It started with uh, Solomon when he replaced his father David. And he came in to Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, and he was crowned as the king. And that pattern was followed with all of the other kings that came. And so when Jesus began to go through on the back of this donkey, go through the gates, the eastern gates of Jerusalem, he knew exactly what he was doing. And the people knew exactly what he was doing. He was declaring himself to be the Messiah. He was declaring himself to be the king of the Jews. And the people were saying, Jesus, you are our king. Listen to what happens in Matthew chapter 21, verse 8. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Why are they doing this? Because he's the new king. And they're welcoming him into into Jerusalem. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. Verse 19, so the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is where this is getting us now. Look how the whole world has gone after him. What happened that day would have looked very similar to this video clip that I want to show you right now. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the Passover festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Praise God! God bless him who comes in the name of the Lord. God bless the King of Israel. It is amazing what took place that day. And there is another part to the story. I didn't find it in my research, but Pastor Libin found it in his. And I had never heard this before. He shared it with me, so I would share it with you. What he discovered in his research is that on that day, which is the first day of Passover, that the priests would go into the temple and they would read and declare Psalm 24 out loud. Now, put all of this in place. Here is Jesus, and he knows he is the fulfillment coming in on the very day that God had promised Daniel. Coming in through those eastern gates, the Messiah has come. And just like Zechariah had prophesied 500 years before, he is coming on the back of a donkey, and he is riding into Jerusalem. And the people are cheering through the eastern gates. And they're welcoming him as the king of the Jews. But the priest, not even knowing any of this is going on, inside the temple where the doors close, they are exclaiming, lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. And who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. And who is this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. I love it when a plan comes together, don't you? And it took God to make this plan to come come together. And when all of it did, what an amazing moment in history. If Jesus intended to be a military leader, this was the moment. If he intended all of his message to just be about social justice, this is the moment. But those were not the reasons that Jesus came. Jesus came to save the heart and soul of whosoever will. 
to bring us into relationship with Almighty God, to be welcomed into the family of God, to be a part of the kingdom of God, to change our life forevermore. But in order for that to happen, this king had to be willing to be the slain lamb of God. We've looked at the P and the A. And now, kids, it's time for the third letter, and this is the hardest one. This letter is so hard. It is so tough. Palm. You just can barely hear the letter in palm. So think about it. Ooh, it's hard. Try your best. Call out the letter to your parents right now. If you called out the letter Z, no, I'm sorry, that, that is not it. But if you called out the letter L, that is it. And wow, you are brilliant. Give me a high five. I am amazed at you. And L stands for lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God. On that Sunday, it was the first day of the Passover, and it was the day that the people of uh, Jewish people would, would, people of Israel would, would set aside a lamb without spot or blemish. Had to be a perfect lamb, but they would set it aside for three days for observation. Wanted to make sure this, this lamb is not sick. Wanted to make sure this lamb is everything perfect to give to God. They did it in preparation for the observance of Passover. Now, Passover was about the whole idea of what happened with Moses and the people of Israel in Egypt. They were in bondage. They were slaves in Egypt. And the Pharaoh would not let them go. And God kept telling them, let my people go. And the Pharaoh said no. And brought, God brought nine plagues. And every time the Pharaoh said, I will not let your people go. But then came the tenth plague. And the tenth plague was the death angel. And God said to all of his people, if you will take the blood of the lamb and you will sprinkle it on the top over the door and on the sides beside the door, when the death angel comes, he will see the blood of the lamb and he will pass over your house and everyone will be safe. That's what the Passover means. He passed over their house because he saw the blood of the lamb. On Palm Sunday, the people did not know it. But they were actually selecting the Passover lamb when they were selecting Jesus. John the Baptist said in John chapter 129, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. None of you and I would ever be good enough to be able to go to heaven, not on our own. All of us, the Bible says, have sinned. Even if it was one tiny, itsy-bitsy little sin, 
It would disqualify us from the perfection of God, the perfection of heaven. No, we could never get to heaven on our own, on our own good deeds. Or just, it just would not happen. And that is why God sent Jesus to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He sent Jesus to be the sacrificial lamb. And that is what 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 is saying. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was revealed in these last times for your sake. L stands for the sacrificial lamb of God. So now, kids, we're down to the last letter of palm. Think about it. Palm. What is ma? What is that letter? All right, are you ready? Call it out to your parents. And if you said the letter M, wow, you are so good. I am so proud of you. M stands for misunderstood. Jesus is the misunderstood Messiah. They didn't understand who the Messiah was to be. They had been taught all wrong. And here they are. They are saying, Hosanna to the God in the highest. Hosanna. That word Hosanna means save us now. But it was not just a statement. It was a command. They were saying to Jesus, save us now. Deliver us from the Roman Empire. Do what we want you to do, when we want you to do it, and how we want you to do it. And Jesus said to them, no, my Father has a plan, and I have come to accomplish it. I have not come to meet your expectations. I have come to meet his expectations. And four days later, they crucified him. I wonder how we respond to God when He doesn't do what we want Him to do, when we want Him to do it, and how we want Him to do it. God, if you will do what I want you to do, I will love you, and I will praise you, and I will honor you. But if you do not do what I want you to do, how I want you to do it, when I want you to do it, then I'm going to be angry with you. When you come to Jesus, you got to come to him for who he is. He won't meet your expectations. He will exceed them. Even if you don't understand at the time. I wonder today, have you ever given your heart to Jesus Christ? Have you ever invited Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, to be your sacrificial lamb? Who is this Jesus? He's the one who came to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins and mine. God so loved us, knowing that we could never get to heaven on our own, that he paid the price of the blood of his own son to die for you and me. 
And this morning, you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior too. And I'm going to ask you, would you pray this prayer after me? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and just silently in your heart. As I pray, I'll pause and I invite you to repeat these words after me in your prayer to God. There's no magic words. It's just what is true in your heart. Dear God, I come to you today and I admit that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe Jesus rose again from the grave and by faith right now I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior too. Would you forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and save me right now. Father, I thank you for those who have prayed this prayer. And Lord, I believe that you have become known in hearts and open hearts today all over uh, this broadcast that are listening and that this morning you have saved many who have prayed this prayer and God, it was true in their heart. And I pray, Father, that you would help them to grow and mature in their faith and their walk with you. And Father, I pray for all of us. I pray, Father, that you would move among us and be God in our life and especially in this moment that you would be our strength and our power. God, we do pray for our doctors and our nurses. Oh, God, be with them. And we do pray for uh, those Father, that are in government, who are watching over us on our county level, on our state level, in the national level, and in our cities. God, we pray you would be with these men and women who love us and care for us and are doing their very best. Father, we pray for those in our church that have lost their jobs, that, Father, you would help them and be with them. Now, Father, be God in our lives, in all of our days, as we follow you, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now look, if you have prayed that prayer to accept Christ as Savior, I would love it if you called our church office and let us know, and one of our ministers will contact you very soon. The telephone number is 281-242-2855. And we would love it if you would call and let us know about you giving your heart to Christ today. And if you have lost your job, I want to know this. And I'm asking you to write me at the church and let me know because I want to be able to pray for you by name. I want to know your story. God bless you. I want to remind you that we have a purpose. And would you say that purpose with me? Our purpose is to love and lead all people to life change in Christ. God bless you. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you back next Sunday.